اتفضل Hey guys, welcome back to Cuban 99, the most edifying podcast in the world. And I'm here today um, live from Cairo in Egypt um, with Michael and Isaac, recurring guests again on the podcast. If you've not seen their last podcast or any of them, they're all four, four three of them will be linked up here. Um, so you can make sure to go watch that and before you watch this one. So. We are concluding um, a week-long mission trip here in Egypt, and uh, it's been quite a week, quite an experience. Um, so kind of just wanted to know your guys' thoughts on it, what you learned from it, how it has changed your perspective on things, if it has, and just kind of like, you know, that type of stuff. So my first, so my first question is um, for both of you guys, like what, is your, what was your favorite, favorite moment Um, from this trip I'll start with you Michael um, that's tough because there's so Michael many. can you uh, uh, Michael oh sorry please edit that out um, that's tough because there's so many but if I had to pick uh, the first day we did visitations and there was a specific visitation where I won't get into too much detail um, but it was very challenging like our family even got uh, like a little emotional Uh, the family they had a like a very tragic accident like something you can't make up in a movie and seeing the lady say that like I'll still trust in God was like mind like numbing and just to give you some perspective like they they've been roasting my Arabic the entire trip like I know no Arabic at all so we had like a translator with us and then the translator asked us do you want me to translate what this lady's telling like it was that like that serious But seeing her still say that she's going to trust in God was, like, I can't trust in God, like, in terms of getting into college and stuff like that. But seeing her say that made, like, the little hairs on the ba on my back, like, stand up. Like, it was so cool. So that was probably my favorite moment on the trip. Um, for me, I'm sorry. Um, I really enjoyed, it was really, really specific, but the liturgy at um, Makatom. But for... From the mission aspect, I really also enjoyed the house visits and the 21 Martyrs um, Church. And I think the reason I'm like putting those two together is just because they like in both situations, the people in the house visits and the 21 Martyrs, they both had such joy for God and just so much trust and joy. And it's like at a level that I can't ever achieve. Like it's just so high. Yeah, like going back to what Michael said about um, about like the the visitations, and it's it's very interesting to see because you see people, you know, of all different um, like levels of faith. Even when you're visiting, right? Obviously, all these people who don't who have literally nothing. I mean, they're they've got. I mean, nothing is an understatement how little they have, and they're like so joyful, so happy. And then you have people who maybe aren't as joyful, aren't as happy. So you see kind of both sides of it. And I think it's very interesting to make that contrast and see that joy and faith in God. Like the people that we saw that had the most faith in God were the people that served God the most with what they had. And I'll give you an example. Like one of the houses we went to, there's this guy, this older man. He's I mean, probably in his 60s. And he has three kids, two sons. Is that that door? Yeah. All right, 
go. Sorry about that. Uh, there's this um, older man, probably like in his 60s, and he had three kids, two sons and a daughter, and they were, all three of them were working in a monastery. And he had one son that was like a really good painter, like iconographer, like, so he painted icons on like his dad's wall. And they were like, let me say, like they were quality, like really, really, really good. In this house where it's like, the floor is not, there's not a floor and you know, it's like almost like disgusting um, to be living in such a situation. But like the beauty of those, of the two icons that he drew, like he painted in the room um, or wrote in the room, sorry. Um, there's nothing like it. And it's like, he was so joyful that his son was able to serve at that capacity. Whereas like, like another story that's kind of like to show like the opposite, um, was that there was like a, a family where there was a mom and she had a daughter who had epilepsy. I think it was, they called it Kahrawa, which literally means electricity, but that's not, I mean, obviously electricity is not, a, is not a disease. Um, but I think it's epilepsy and like, she was like, like, thank God was not like in her vocabulary, you know, not to, not to judge her or anything. But it was like, it was weird to see because it's like, you see all these people who are like, thank God, thank God, thank God. And she was like, no, we need this, we need this, we need that. Which like, she has all right, every right to say that. Right? They live in nothing and they got daughter has epilepsy, whatever. So, just interesting to see that contrast that like, I think maybe in a place like this, like the proportion of people who are more thankful is way greater. You know, but there's still that, you know, the opposite. So it's interesting to see like, kind of the two sides to the equation, like the two sides, you know, of the coin. And like what Isaac said, my, honestly, my favorite part was the Church of the 21 Martyrs. That's my favorite part. I really felt like you could really feel God's presence there. Like it's hard to explain. Like you'd really feel, you know, like the mark. Because I mean, they showed like the clothes were out, the stuff they like had. Like it was very real. You know, this is something that happened in 2015, 2015, right? Was that what it was? 2014. Very recently, yeah. like within the last 10 years. And it's like, it's crazy to think that we still live in a world where that can happen, where it's like, you know, people like St. George, St. Mina, like we say, oh, they got tortured, this, this, they got killed like this. And we kind of like say it and whatever, like we don't really understand what that meant. But then we see these 21 and we can literally like, there's a video, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you can see how gruesome and how disgusting and how like vile it really is and what it really means to stand up for your faith so i think that was kind of you know my favorite part of the trip um yeah so for both of you guys like what is your main takeaway that gets applied into your personal life after uh, a trip like this it's hard done <laughs> i like the arabic um <clears throat> so two Number one is that like on this trip, like we did quiet times daily and uh, that's something I want to continue because I really felt a common theme that God was trying to tell me um, to, to love my enemies. And that's something we say and that's nice to put on a T-shirt. But if you actually if you actually read it as it's intended to be like understood, it sounds like crazy for, for lack of a better word. Um, but I really felt God trying to t teach me that um, and I couldn't have like understood that lesson without him <clears throat> without him uh telling me through the daily quiet times 
normally I'm one day on, one day off, but the consistency like really helped me hear his voice. And the second thing is we were all paired with uh, like Cairo service through this amazing organization called Shepherd and Mother of Light. And these Cairo servants um, would take us house to house and they had full reports on every single house. This person struggling with this, that person struggling with that. And they were so dedicated to their service. And then like for me in America, sometimes it's easy for me to let things go in my service or to think I only have the capacity to serve in this way. And there is some like truth to that, like as a college student, but I, I definitely think I don't give myself enough credit. And there's so much I can do if I really had the faith and the belief that I could do it. So I guess the two things would be quiet time daily. And then the second thing would be um, to not underestimate what I can do and how much I can truly love God. Yeah, for me, um, Abuna kept saying, like, you ask God why you're here and he'll show you in Minya. Like, he'll tell you in Minya. He won't tell you anywhere else because you're there. Um, and for me, what I heard personally is that, like, uh, every mission trip I go on, every, um, like, strong church service I attend, uh, whatever it may be, I tell myself how I'm going to change and, it, like, what I'm going to do to improve. And then I just go back and I live the same life. But I feel like being here in Egypt really, it, it like changed that for me um and that i'll go back home and i will change like i'm not gonna just waste my life going about saying i'm gonna do something and not doing it like it's like there's change that's gonna happen and like you said at the end um there's no bar for our service there's no limit we have to remove that bar for ourselves because we're our like biggest um we're our biggest limit yeah i think to kind of summarize those those two points like the quiet time is super important i think a lot of times on mission trips like a lot of people like they just focus on the service 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 and never um remember to like fill yourself so i think it's very important to you know to have the quiet times to be filling yourself at all times because that's the only way you're going to be able to serve the people around you and like when it comes to like what's my purpose on this trip um like i've been on a lot of not a lot, but I've been on multiple mission trips. And something you, like, for me, like, what I've realized is, like, the first one you just kind of go and you're like, oh, this is cool. Like, I kind of enjoy serving people. And then the second one, it's like, like, I really enjoyed serving people. And, like, you know, like, it's, like, it's almost like it grows. It's like a seed that keeps getting, that keeps growing and growing and growing. Um, so I think, like, you're not going to see... You're not going to feel the full presence of what God is doing. You're not going to see every single miracle that's happening the first time, right? You have to really experience it over and over again and live it in your daily life in order for you to really see what's going on. Like I remember one of the kids that like we, we brought, we have a lot of kids with us. Uh, one of the kids um, was like, you know, like I felt like we didn't make much of a difference, but I know that they will remember what we were doing. Or something along those lines where it's like like what we actually did like an objective value is very low like we didn't like we I mean, were here there for three days we didn't really do much but the impact that we've let that we can leave or we have the ability to leave on these people's lives is like outstanding because to them it's like they live in this in this little world that they live in and there's a lot of bad in it and they don't really see all the good that can come out of it Whereas we're in America, we see a lot of good and we always complain about it. So we can take that good and that like, good experience and we can kind of show them like, you know, there is 
better than this in this world. There is, and it's kind of like a motivation and encouragement um, for all of them. Um, so when it comes to mission trips in general, um, and we went to one in, in Atlanta together, and it was, it was an experience, you know, knowing that there's people like this in our backyards and not backyards, you know what I mean? Like nearby. Um, and so now that we've, now we're across, across the pond, across the globe and the same thing happens. I mean, you see the same thing in Egypt, Egypt is very similar. I mean, you see there's very rich people and there's very poor people, right? There's a very high middle class and it's like, it's very, you know, weird to see. It's not weird, but it's like, it's interesting to see how it's like, there's all these people in Cairo that are like super, 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 super successful. And you go down to Minya or Malawi or Matai or whatever, and it's like, you know, very, no one really has a lot. Whereas in America, it's kind of like, you know, in the same city, you have people who have a lot and have a little, uh, like next door neighbors even. So what is that kind of, like what difference does that kind of make in the service to you guys? And what difference um, does it make like, and from a cultural standpoint, do you guys think? It's fucked up. So the way I think about it, if I'm going based off of just where we are globally, not based on how they're treated, because that's like there's poor people in America that are treated well and bad, and the same thing applies mm-hmm. for Egypt, I think. But, and I don't know if this is really good to say, but there's in America, I feel like, there's more opportunity, there's more you can do to get out of the situation you're in than in Egypt. In Egypt, there's persecution, there's not a lot of opportunity, um, but in America, there is that. And this is purely not based on like how you're treated, because it's just like different. But that's how I feel. So you're saying kind of like, in America in general, there's more opportunity for people to kind of get out of that life Whereas here, it's a little bit, there's a lot more barriers in the way. I think so. But in terms of service, I guess, so that was your question? I was, in, yeah, service and culture leaves both. Yeah. So I guess that's the culture part. But like service, it doesn't, you don't have to travel to Egypt to serve these people. Like, like you said, there are people in our backyards that we can serve like this. Like in D.C., we do these mission trips in Atlanta. Um, and it's good to do these mission trips to like keep you at a spiritual high. Because if you don't do these like, service trips, mission trips, um, then you're like, you can only grow so much, I think. Well, I don't know about you can only grow so much, but I do agree with you that it's very important. I think, in my personal opinion, I think it should be a requirement to graduate high school. Um, Regardless of your religion, just go on a sort of service trip um, outside of um, America because I think it changes your entire, your perspective on everything in life. So, so, in 2015, um, how old was I? I think I was like in sixth grade or something like that. Oh, um, that's how many years? Eight years ago? So you're, you yeah, were 10, third 10. grade. So I was 10. And then my grandfather, who was like a true saint, like he recently passed away, but like a true saint, um, took, me to, took me to Egypt. Um, and he did so much with the poor. Like I can go on and on about how much he did with the poor. Um, but he's like, we, I need to take the kids to the poor villages. Like they're spoiled. Like he literally, like, that's what he said. Like they're spoiled. They don't know all the blessings they had. So he took us in a three, like in like a four hour, but or a car ride, no AC. It was horrible. And then we got to the poor villages 
And I still remember the moment of stepping into the hut as a 10-year-old. That's what I wrote my college essay about. And just being overwhelmed with emotion. Like, I couldn't take it. Like, my mom remembers me, like, just bawling. Because as, like, kids in America, like, we don't know any better. Like, we haven't seen anything to this extent of, like, houses with, or, like, huts without a roof. Like, I didn't know that existed. Um, so I definitely think it's important for us to, to go on these service trips. So that story just shows, like, why I think every American kid needs to go abroad and see that the world is not just America. Like, like I was like spoiled by ignorance like I didn't know like all the blessings I had just to live in America and to have access to water to have access to food like like that's more than like villages can say like just villages I had no idea and that's why that trip was so formative into who I am I, I really love that point that you said Isaiah that we all need to to go abroad and see the blessings we have just to live in the country that, that we live in and the thing about mission trips is is when you live the life of the people, like I know here we didn't really do that because we have a lot of you know little kids. We can't, you know, be living in a like we have to be living in a hotel or yeah. it, it, you know it wouldn't end well. Um, but I remember in Zambia, um, like we were living like in the church house, and let me tell you, there was some interesting, interesting arrangements um, that were in that house. That like the littlest things, like showering, you know, using the toilet, washing your hands, like. Things that you, like, in America, you have no barrier to there. It's, like, you know, in order to take a shower, like, give, give you an example, like, what my bathroom looked like when I was in Zambia. It's a walk-in. There's no door. So, you take the room with, like, it's like a bunk bedroom, so a lot, of, a lot of beds. Flat ground into the bathroom. The bathroom is maybe as big as the couch you're sitting on, like, in terms of lengthwise. Um, and you have a toilet, like, where I'm sitting like a sink next to your head in a shower like right above you so in order to shower you have to sit on the toilet and like when you're sitting on the toilet you have to like sit like this because the sink is like above your head and it's like it's stupid because it's like and then when you take a shower all the water runs into the room so you can't leave yourself on the floor so it's like it's all these little things little inconveniences that are just so hard to get by and I think um, I remember I said this a couple days ago where it's like, we're talking about like why life is so hard in those villages. It's not because they don't have access to social media. It's not because they don't have access to the internet. It's because they don't have access to those little inconveniences. Like they can have clean water, they can have clean food. But it's about the little things, like the fact that the ground's not paved. You know, like think about the number of injuries that happen. The fact that, you know, like they don't have floors in their houses. The fact that, you know, their stairs are like 20 feet high. Like they every don't have step, soap to wash their They don't hands. have soap to wash their hands. Like I feel like, you know, everywhere we go, like every single time I take a step, like upstairs, like I'm climbing a ladder every time I want to go up one step. So it's like all those little inconveniences that we never, ever, ever think about. Those are the ones that are the most annoying and those are the ones that we complain about the most. Whereas they're thankful for everything. So I think it's, that's why it's imperative, um, in my opinion, that... Anyone under the age of 25 in America should at least have gone twice on a service trip abroad. I know that's not a popular opinion, but um, I think that's, that's just my personal opinion. So, um, talking about personal opinions, um, what is, like, 
when you guys see the service that's being done by the shepherd, uh, shepherd mother of light, in your opinion, like, because we got mixed feedback from uh, people who were uh, talking to us uh, the past couple of days about it. Um, what are your, what are you guys' opinions on how we can take some of the things that they do and apply it um, to service in America? That's a tough one. And God bless these servants, honestly. They do so much for us the, and for them. Think about, like, the VBS that we went to. I know. I mean, there's, these are servants who are, like, well into their 20s, like, in 30s. They don't have to be doing this. And for, like, six hours, no AC, in 100-degree weather, bouncing around, jumping around, playing with the kids for six hours, two, three-hour sessions. They're repeating themselves, too. They like, do a lot. Like, listen, listen. I, I would never. I like per- personally. There's no way. There's. I like. We, we have like summer camp at in Atlanta. It's from eight to five. By ten o'clock, I'm done. Like by ten o'clock, like I already want to go home. And like, there's so low energy. Everyone's just sitting around. All the servants are just sitting around, just watching the kids do whatever. And like, as long as they don't die, that's like my mentality. Whereas here, it's like. No, they need to have the best time of their lives every single second of these six hours. So I don't know how they do it, but you can yeah. continue. Um, I think that goes back to like the limit that we place on ourselves. Um, like <laughs> these servants, they live this life, so it's easier for them to like do these things because this is like it's their job. Um, but obviously, they don't have to. Uh, but I don't know. I, I think we place a limit on ourselves, but and then they don't. So they just, they have the ability to just do so much more because they don't have that limit on themselves. But I don't know if that answers. Your question. No, for sure. And just to like give your viewers some pers- some perspective. Um, so this organization called Shepherd and Mother of Light is based in Cairo and has all these servants in Cairo, and they go to Minya like once a week and visit these houses, come up with reports on the houses. They don't, like, what I loved about them the most is they don't, they, like, they build a relationship with these people, and they actually don't give them handouts. They, their job is to, they do their best to get them a job or help them start a business. So they're doing more, like, the easiest thing to do would just be to give them money and then to, like, give up. But they actually have a relationship with these people. Say, start a business. Here's advice for starting the business. Here's money to help you start your business. So obviously, they, they do give them a lot of financial support. But that's just level one. They're, like, they do so much for these people, like aside from the financial support. Um, so to your question, I struggle a lot with it because I was so inspired by these, uh, by these uh, servants. And I was like, like, what can I do as an incoming freshman at a university? And obviously, it, it can't look like that. Like, there's just, there's just no way. Like, um, but I feel like it comes from, like, an attitude or, like, a genuineness that they had. Like, we all had the same reaction the first day. The poverty is crazy, and these servants are incredible. Like, I think my dad told me he wants to be a Cairo servant when he grows up. Like, that, that's, <laughs> that's what he said. So we are all so inspired. So I guess, like, what I would say is just to be all into whatever you're doing or be genuine to what you're doing don't do it to go through the motions like i feel like if it, i was in their shoes i'd just give them the money and then that's it but no they're 
actually, how can I help you? How can I help you start your business? How can I help you find a doctor for your sick kid? Like they're going above and beyond, which I feel like in America, like for the equivalent, we just give the, them the money and then like halas, another Arabic word for you. Uh, so that's, that's my takeaway is whatever you're doing, do it 110%. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. It's like, it's not about what we do because obviously we can't, like, this wouldn't work. Like it's a different culture, different society. But whatever we are doing, it's all in. It doesn't matter. We're all in. Like, there's no question about it. And I think that something else I learned is that, not that I learned, but that I saw, like really saw, is that there's a saying where it's like, the service isn't on your time. Um, your time is on this. Like, the service doesn't, like, it's not when you feel like it. Yeah. I don't care what the saying was. But it's, it's not like, 10 to 12 on Sunday. Exactly. When my, like, it's not on your yeah. time. Like, you're on, you're on the service's time. That's what it is. When the service has a start and finish, you're there from start to finish. There's no question. Like, it's not when I feel like it. And I think in America, we have a lot of I feel like it uh, when we serve. And I, like, my, myself foremost, like, you know, if, if I don't want to deal with kids, I don't deal with kids. Like, that's just, like, what I do. Whereas here, it's like, if they don't want to deal with kids, they deal with kids. Like, they don't have a choice. Right? They're doing it because of, because of God's sake. They're not doing it because of their sake or even the kid's sake. Which I think is also very important where it's like, we really have to put God in the center of our service and the center of our lives, right? Like we can do things for others, but God has to be the reason behind all of it. It can't just be like, you know, because of this person or because of that person. No, it's because of God and these people benefit and I benefit uh, type of thing. So, um, I mean, that's all the questions I have. If you have have anything else you wanted to say. Wanted to share. It is a it is a short podcast because we are in a little bit of a time crunch. But do you guys want to talk about next steps when we go home? We can talk about next steps. But you get you guys go. Oh, but I'm oh, suggesting it. But oh, because you're the you're the host now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go first because you know, you guys answered a lot of questions today. Um, next steps. Next steps is a great question um, because I think for me, like I'll talk for myself. Like um, I think. It's sound crazy, but I think my main service is the podcast. Um, I know, right? It's, I agree. It's, <laughs> thank you, Michael. Um, I don't know how popular opinion that is, but it is. And I think recently I've been slacking a little bit uh, before this trip. I was slacking a little bit, especially throughout the entire second semester. I mean, I was coasting through second semester senior year in every aspect of my life, like from from school to spiritual life to podcast to everything, just just chilling, you know. Um, so now it's time to get back to work again. So I think putting a little bit more effort into this, uh, inshallah, there's a studio coming soon. So I don't have to deal with all this, uh, this mess. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so that's kind of, um, for me, my next steps. What do you, what about you, Michael? So I'm going to, uh, college this semester, um, and I, I don't know anyone going to my school. I, I met a couple of people. I just had an orientation, thank God. But, like, no one that's from my previous community. Uh, so it's going to be extremely out of my comfort zone. Um, and it would be very easy for me just to, like, just to, like, stay in my comfort zone. Like, I just, like, not hang out with people and stuff. But I think God is sending here really to, to meet new people, to interact with people. Like, to be a missionary, not like the missionaries we see, but... Um, to be like a missionary just so like just to be like a friendly face to these people like I realize a lot of times the people who I judge are the ones who need the friendly face the most um, 
So just to kind of step out of my comfort zone and like really be myself uh, in this new kind of environment and just to not be scared. Like these Cairo servants, they're not scared of anything. Like they're like they're so like they're so cool. Like I can do it. So yeah. We were making jokes yesterday uh, about a certain situation that happened uh, <laughs> about not being scared. Uh, <laughs> that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> We don't have to talk about what happened. Uh, we should not be talking about what happened. But anyways, like it's the same thing where it's like, you know, you stand up for what's, uh, you stand up for what's right and for, and uh, for what's uh, good to others, regardless of um, your your uh, your surroundings. <laughs> anyways, what are your uh, what are your next steps, Isaac? Uh, so, um, so last year uh, at Virginia Tech, I, me and a couple other people started the Coptic Club. And I had so much zeal for it and like enthusiasm for it starting off. And it personally, this is a confession, it fell off fast for me. I still did it, but it was more of a, cause I had to do it. It was unfortunately, but um, I feel like this year it's a disservice for me to do that. Like I need to be all in, like we said, I need to be all in. I can't just slack on it and be like, oh, like, <laughs> I'm not coming today. Sorry, guys. Um, but again, that and also to just like be more serious with my faith and make it my personality. Like I, that needs to be my root because um, we were talking in a conversation and basically the moral of that story is we can't have two lives. We can't be a deacon in church and then go out and say these things, do these things. Like we need to be, we need to be in Christ all the time it's not a choice it's not an option like these Cairo servants don't go back to Cairo and just not serve like they I don't you it's know like what I mean it's like service 24-7 like, it's liturgy after like a, liturgy. a switch you turn on and off right so I'm in church now I'm church and I'm yeah I like what you just said liturgy after liturgy it's yeah. like it's continuous it never ends um and like it's even in their work even in their school in whatever like they I feel like they're always serving. I think that's something we can definitely learn from because that idea of services has a set time is not right. Services always, right? There's just some services that are very obvious that have set times, right? Like summer camp, VBS, you know, like Friday night or whatever you guys call it, FNA, whatever you guys call it. Like those are set times for services, liturgy, like those are set times. But the service is forever, right? Like. Your dad's a priest, and a funny thing people say is it's like, you know, like the, pre, like the priest's job is never over. Like, from forever, from the second you're ordained forever, you have to be there for people, you have to take confessions, you have to do all these things. And it's not like a question of when I feel like it, you just do it. Um, so it's the same thing, like, as Christians, we never take off our... Our, our Christian outfit. We're always Christian. There's no off time, right? It's never off, so. Yeah. And something, sorry. No, no, uh, something uh, Father Nathaniel says, and shout out to Father Nathaniel. <laughs> um, something he always says in his podcast is, um, communion begins after the liturgy. And that didn't really make sense to me, but now I kind of see it. Where, like, communion is just like the, like the start. Like, it takes you here, and then you keep going. But so many times for me in my spiritual life, I take communion and then the week goes down like that. And then I take it and it's like, like mountains. Yeah. But I feel like if I 
like Sunday and then Monday and I can really build myself up so that the next time I take communion, I get up here, you know? Yeah. Um, the only thing I was going to say is, uh, um, mm. oh my goodness. Two for two. Uh, yeah, Isaac. <laughs> We're leaving this in. Sorry? We're going to leave this part in. That's good. This podcast needs some comedy. Uh, oh, wow. So he's taking shots at me. Oh, so what I don't pray as seriously is our father. And I feel like um, like that's just something we gloss over uh, and just quickly say. But one of my favorite parts that continues to become my favorite part is saying, um, give us a stay our daily bread. And my meaning for it on this trip and for after this trip, uh, amongst other meetings, um, is that like when we pray that, give us a stay our daily bread. Our goal is to build the kingdom of heaven every day. So, like, God, give me what I need to build your kingdom today, you know? And I like just a quick thing about the glossing over our father. The people in the villages who, like, are, a lot of them are illiterate. A lot of them don't know a lot of, their vocabulary isn't large. Our father for them is, like, it's like their Bible. Like, they pray our father every every second of the day. I mean, like, there's literally this one woman who is, like, I only pray our father, but I, and, she, and the servant was like, why? She's like, well, I don't know much better, but I pray it like she said, I forgot the number was a large amount of times per day. And it's like, it has meaning when she prayed it for us. Like it was like she, it was a personal prayer, but we just kind of sit there and go, our father or in heaven, like we just kind of say it and whatever. So I think that's a good point is we need to focus when we're praying at all times. Um, also, another uh, big difference I noticed between Egypt and uh, America is, like, we were serving the kids, like, um, and, like, in America, when you serve the kids, you have to have these elaborate games planned and, like, very specific rules. Egypt is not like that. Like, the kids are so content and so happy um, with everything you give them. And this isn't, like, a shot at anything. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm one of those I mean, kids. like, we were yeah. making balloon animals. Yeah. And... First off, I, I think it's crazy that we went to, came to Egypt and made balloon animals. I just, you know, they can think about things you do on mission trips, and it's like, that's yeah. crazy. And it's like these kids, like, you, like, I remember I was, like, we were running out of balloons. So I was just making random shapes. I'd tell them, oh, this is a pigeon. This is a platypus. Like, it's just random stuff. And they believe it. Like, not that I'm lying to them, but they're like, oh. And they're, like, so happy about it. Like, I think I made five dogs and said that they were cats because they wanted cats. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're, like, super happy about it. So it's like, in America, I tried that. I mean, eh, let's not talk about what will happen. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I agree. Very content. Yeah, the contentment really stick out to me from the, like, the children especially. Yeah. And something that, like, I was making fun of the American kids, but honestly, like, I'm the same way. Like, if I, if I don't get exactly what I want, then if... Like, you know, I'm, I'm so upset. But these kids, like, they didn't, like, they got something. Thank God. Like, that's the attitude that I want to come back er, with from America. Thank God, you know. I think that's a very great way to end the podcast, wrap it up. Thank God. Thank you guys for like, co- liking, commenting, subscribing, turning on post notifications. Oh, one more thing, sorry. We serve with an amazing organization called Shepherd and Mother of Light. Uh, Isaiah will put that link in the description. I definitely recommend checking it out. I will put the link in the description. Uh, make sure to check that out. Make sure to check out the podcast they were in um, and whatever other podcasts I linked in here. 
And thank you guys for watching. See you next week. Thank you. Bye.